on this episode of the Campfire Conversationalist podcast. John and myself, Dreadmat, are talking ghostly tales. We have three interviews, and both John and I have some interesting stories to tell. Enjoy. And here we go. Today on the Campfire Conversationalist podcast, we are talking about ghostly stories. Ghost stories. Uh, we, have, we have a couple of interviews, and uh, just to give a little backstory, um, I'm pretty sure this whole episode is a ghost story because the audio didn't work the first time we did it. For half the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, it's probably my internet and a combination of that and Discord sucking. Yeah. And hangouts sucking. Uh, so I think it was a combination of those, not ghosts. But it's just odd that when we're uh, doing an episode on ghost stories, like half the episode glitches out and all the audio has gone. Well, there uh, is, you know, there, there's a ghost in every uh, microphone. So. Yeah, the ghost in the machine, huh? Ghost in the machine. It just, it chooses when it wants to come out. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we did several interviews for this episode, so we should have a great show for you today. Uh, And we have three guests, which we will be featuring them throughout the show. Uh, And then also we have some ghost stories that John picked out uh, to go over, and we will kind of rate them, rate a roast, I guess we could say we're doing. Yeah. I think that's the best way. Rate or roast? It'll probably be mostly roasting, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, so what I do you? Think, let's start off by saying, uh, what do you think about ghost stories, anyways? I mean, what do you think about ghosts in general? Uh, a lot of people are kind of, you know, they ride the Scully or Mulder train. Um, one direction or another, either completely for it or completely against it. Um, I, I suppose you do have that gray line in there that uh, people that are like, I kind of believe it, but you know what I mean? But I, I don't know. Most of the people that I meet are kind of either pro or against. There's not really um, a, a lot of gray line, you know? It's hard to say. I, I feel like a lot of things probably could be explained with something, some other explanation, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think there's a one answer for every, every person's experience. Uh, that would be probably ridiculous to say it's either a ghost every time or not at all. I think those are both too extreme. Um, yeah. I personally don't believe in ghosts, or I guess if we want to define what a ghost is, then we could probably give a better explanation of that. But I mean, I think demons are real and they do things. And I think a lot of times when people have these sort of experiences, it's possible that it could be a demon. Now, if you want to call a demon a ghost, then sure. Then, yeah, I believe in a ghost if, if you want to categorize it that way. But as far as like someone who died and is still their soul is still hanging out and about, I, I don't buy that. But I do believe people have experiences. And right. um, yeah, I think some of the stories we'll go over today kind of show that. Um, have you ever had any um, ghostly tales to tell? I I have had tons of ghostly stories. Um, 
before before I even get into them, though, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm in your the same boat that you're in. Um, I I believe to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So once someone dies, I don't believe that they linger and they're there to you know haunt haunt or even to spread good messages i i don't i just don't believe that you know uh i believe once your soul is gone it's gone it's just that's it you know um but that being said like you said um demon spirits you know most of the gaunt hauntings or most of the uh scary stories they they do one thing usually and one thing only and that's to incite fear uh yeah. and if and if you're not afraid then they kind of fail at their mission um which kind of leaves like that awkward state and a lot of the scary stories i mean they're fun for us because you're like ooh creepy creepy but realistically um i have not like i've had so many encounters and very rarely have any of them scared me as some i'm not gonna lie some have really chilled me and i'll share a couple of those some of the really 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 spooky ones like scared you know the daylights out of me and it all depends on your frame of mind where you're at and everything else um but for the most part uh, the, the things that happened to me were probably more prevalent than what happens to the normal everyday person. Um, where do I, where do I even begin, dude? I have so many stories, you know that. I mean, my, my spook stories just go all the way back to when I was a child. Um, we could start with, uh, the legend of the island by your parents' house. Okay. All right. And, um, and then place. we can kind of talk about the the camping trip that we did although i don't remember experiencing anything wacky <laughs> on that trip other than what jason said which we'll go over but yeah i don't um, remember what did you well we'll get into uh, that dude, I, I, I really should i really should have i should have called him and had him get in on this conversation <laughs> um but i i didn't even think about it until just now yeah and he's I in don't... sweden so i mean i don't know it's probably what time is it here it's, uh, it's like seven, seven hours so it'll be there. one in the morning, one thirty yeah, in the morning over there. And he's probably got to work tomorrow, so. No, I think he's on. He might be home, but. Right. And regardless. Right. right. So. Uh, the legend of the island. Um, so I grew up in a really small community, um, and it was there was a creek that flowed right behind my house, went behind my neighbor's house their neighbor's house and flowed right into the lake so we were literally three doors down from the lake uh there were some people that lived right on the lake that kind of wrapped around but the lake was kind of like i don't know it was kind of like um like a safe haven like a place where we just grew up i mean that's it was like a part of us you know we would swim in it every single day. We would fish in it every single day. Um, go out in boats. Like, there were boats on the beach that none of us owned. But all the neighbors, we all had this, like, you know, family kind of orientation to where us kids, we would just take boats and go out on the lake. We didn't know who they belonged to. 
But right. anyone that's seen us go out in them, they just, those are the neighborhood kids. They're taking my boat out. They're going to be responsible. They're going to bring it back. There was never like this, you know, weird dynamic. It was just that, that was normal. That was typical, you know? And uh, one of the places that we traveled to was our lake fed two separate channels around, like once you went around the lake, there were two channels and the two channels went around this island, making the island. Like that's what divided it from the mainland. Just these two big streams on either side and then a lake on both sides of the island. So there's two lakes, two channels. That's what divided it. Gotcha. When I was growing up, the uh, the legend had like the legend started when I was I was so little. I don't, I don't even know the age. I mean, probably four, probably five. I don't know somewhere, um, but really, really young, really little. And we were sitting around a campfire, and it was pro. I think it was just me and my best friend at the time, Richard. And a bunch of, you know, probably a bunch of us kids that were there and his mom and his mom had lived there. Richard's mom had lived there his whole life and or her whole life. I'm sorry. And so she grew up on this lake, like literally just lived there her whole life. And she I don't think she moved until she was older. But we're sitting around and she's telling this story about how she was pregnant with Richard. And one night she went out in the boat and was kind of riding around in the boat. And all of a sudden this heavy, dense fog came over the, uh, over the water and fog was like everywhere. And she said like, as she's like working her way around the lake, she said through this dense fog comes another boat, like a canoe. And she sees the canoe. And she can't quite make out what it is until it pierces through the fog completely. And as it comes through, she notices that it's a Native American from like, you know, way long time ago, like 1700s. And he's just one guy just rowing past her, kind of just staring at her the entire time and just keeps rowing right back into the like past her and back into the fog. So, like, Chief Big Bear was just rowing down the river there? Yeah. Down the lake? Geronimo was just, like, rowing through, past her, didn't say anything, didn't wave or anything, just, like, rowed past and went right back into the fog. And wow. And then she told us, like, how this entire, like, area that we were in, we, we always found, like, you know, Indian uh, or Native American uh, arrowheads everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we found arrowheads just all the time. We would find them. You could tell, I mean, and I, there was a lot of people that went up to the town and they, they were researching on the area. And I guess from what everyone said and the, the newspaper actually wrote a, uh, an article on it, that our area that we lived in was a native American. Like it was like a place where they camped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the island actually was a Native American burial ground, but that's what everyone said. That's the legend. That's the legend. Is that the island over there, like across the lake, right across from us, was a Native American burial ground. 
and there's a big giant you know it's in the area there's a bunch of hills but this hill on this barrier on the island is a really steep hill like super steep you know and that's where everyone partied that's where everyone went to party and that's where we hung out all the time as growing up and uh one time uh one time we were there partying and it was me richard jason jj a couple other people i think and we're all partying there and we left our boat and these are like full-size canoes they're not like the the plastic ones they're like the metal ones right you know the aluminum Uh, yeah we left it on one side of the lake or on one side of the island and we tied it to a couple branches and in the middle of the night this kind of like rainstorm came by and we were all in our tents and everything on the hill and we the next morning it you know it broke and we had partied pretty good until it started raining and we knew exactly where we went because we always went to the same spot the same mm-hmm. spot where you and i and and everyone else landed that exact same spot right off the channel okay and when we went there the next day our canoe was not there oh geez totally gone so we're thinking well the storm took it away you know um but as we walked around the island like just walked around we actually found it like up in a tree what on the other side of the island (laughs) oh geez i thought maybe you were gonna say you saw chief big bear rolling down the road well no through the night we had heard noises we had heard noises like like branches breaking so Mm -hmm. we literally thought that somebody had just come taken our boat but then as we're thinking about it like who would take a canoe purposely to the other side of the in the dark in the rain and and put it up like and it was only up about four or five feet but it was still up in a tree like you know what i mean like who does that in the middle of the night but i mean that's a pretty elaborate prank but was it a prank yeah that and there's the question was it a prank you know Wow, yeah, that's pretty crazy. So that's <laughs> so, the legend yeah. of the island. Nice, yeah. So when we when we went and did this little, we did a camp trip there one one for one night, and it was like Rebecca. I think it was before we were married, and uh, I think Liz was there. Jason. Yeah. I feel like there was a couple of. Was Rob there? Remember Rob? Oh yeah, Rob might have been there. Um, <clears throat> I feel like there might have been maybe one or two other people. I can't remember who, though. Kristen? Maybe Rebecca's friend Kristen? Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't remember if who all is there. There was a bunch of us. And we rode all, all of our equipment over there and then camped out for the night. Um, but I don't remember anything really creepy happening, per se. No. No, and I don't, I don't remember anything creepy happening either. You know, not that night. Uh, right. And I think we were all wanting it to, but yeah. it was just one of those things where it didn't. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably what happens. Like, you, yeah, if you're looking for something to happen, sometimes it doesn't necessarily work out that way. Although, if uh, we want to talk about my friend Gary for a moment um, from South Africa, um, his story is him and his wife 
did know that the hotel they went to was haunted, and that's sort of what drew them to go stay the night there the first time. Yeah, why don't you plug so that they, in? Okay, we'll go ahead and uh, play that right now. And here we go. Okay, so today I am here with my good friend Gary from South Africa. Did that sound South African enough? South African? Sounds South African. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the only thing I can That's say good. that sounds South African. I, the accent's really hard for me to do for some reason. Because to me it sounds like a cross between British and Australian at the same time. And I could do a British accent, and I could do an Australian accent, but for some reason, the South they African one is really hard for me to do. Because, uh, I don't know, just some words sound British, and some sound Australian, and some sound like neither. So I just, I don't know, I haven't been able to quite get the South African accent down just yet. But I can say South Africa, and that sounds <laughs> South African. <laughs> so t- today we are going to talk some more about uh, ghost stories. And I have not heard this story yet, because I... I didn't want to hear uh, what it was until Gary was presenting it to me because I feel like an authentic reaction is the best one. And um, so I guess uh, let's just go ahead and uh, start in with with your ghost story. Okay, cool. Um, So how it sort of started, I mean, I'll probably go back to before. I didn't really believe in ghosts or anything before. I didn't think much of it. And uh, my wife and I, uh, we got birthdays very close. Hers is on the 6th of August and mine's on the 8th of August. So we generally tend to like just celebrate our birthday from the 6th to the 8th of August, both of us. And we wanted to go away and we were asking around for like places to go. And I don't, I don't remember how it happened, but someone mentioned this place. It's called um, Mountain Park Lodge. Uh, we, stay, we did stay in, in the coastal city in South Africa called Durban. And then when you went to the mountains inland, there's this place called Bulwa. And then this mountain park lodge place was there. And we had heard as well that it was a haunted hotel. So we just knew it as the, the haunted hotel. And we thought, okay, cool. It's a, the prices were good. Like you can stay for a very cheap price and it included three meals a day, buffet style. So it was all really nice. So we thought, cool, we'll, 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 just, we'll just try out this place. Um, and we'd heard from people some stories that it's a bit freaky and you get some experiences. We thought, well, let's just go. So we got there and um, we, it, was, it, was quite, it looked normal, looked like a normal place. Um, and everyone was super friendly, but you don't want to ask when you get to reception, sorry, this place is haunted. You don't ask people that. Or we might have made a little comment. You might have heard, said something about, oh, there's, so there's ghosts. And the reception person just like, ha, 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 and just ignored us. <laughs> and I don't know why, but we, we booked ourselves in the third floor. So the highest floor in this um, little lodge or hotel, whatever you call it. And it seemed fine when you like take your luggage upstairs. The floors are a bit creaky, so... You think, oh, maybe people just hear funny sounds and everything. So we got there probably about 2 p.m. or something. I think that was like check-in time. And then uh, had our dinner. And then it got to night time. And um, there was a bar downstairs. So we went to the bar, had a few drinks, um, spoke to the barb and asked him some stories. And he told us that there were a couple of ghosts that um, occupy the hotel. And he didn't really tell us too much information. And we thought, yeah, okay, whatever. But we didn't want to chance anything. So at nine o'clock, we decided we're going upstairs. We're going to bed because we're not staying around late. 
we're gonna get an early night and we was a bit worried about trying to sleep like it was a bit it's quite they had like very dark curtaining and carpets so when you're walking around it felt very very dark and you could might see shadows and and your eyes are playing tricks on you went to bed and we couldn't really sleep so i think that was around about 10 30 or 9 so we had some actual sleeping tablets with us we thought let's just take some sleeping tablets so we can get to sleep and we don't i don't know why we decided to go to a haunted hotel and not see ghosts so we took sleeping tablets to try and sleep and that's where <laughs> things just went really wrong <laughs> oh, geez. so, so this, what kind of sleeping pills did you take well i can't even remember to be honest like over the counter this, just over the counter yeah okay, nothing okay, hard okay. Okay. And um, I mean, we usually don't even take sleeping tablets. I think we're just so freaked out because we weren't prepared thinking if we're going to get freaked out, we can take sleeping tablets. And um, they didn't work. So so what happened was uh, we left the lights on and we tried to sleep. And um, the first thing we sort of encountered was in our room, you could hear this like scuffling of feet. You could hear this on the floor in the room. Jeez. Oh, and... Um, and we didn't even look. We like were under the blankets. We, we didn't even look. And, um, that was uh, I can't remember how we actually eventually got to sleep. Um, but we heard scuffling and little things like that. And then um, so we didn't see anything. So uh, uh, the the whole sort of uh, ghost experience. We didn't see anything, but we we definitely heard weird things. And. Um, we eventually, I think, got to sleep and we were totally freaked out. Um, I just want to put this heater on. Oh, it is on. Um, then the next morning when we woke up, uh, we went to the morning breakfast. And the day before, when you had lunch and you had dinner, it was a very vibey, vibey uh, in the dining room. So it was, uh, it was very loud and everyone was excited. The next morning, it was super, super quiet. Everyone was just chilled. No one was like looking anywhere. <laughs> and eventually, like people started speaking, and the one lady was like, "Oh, my kettle just kept going on and off, on and off the whole night." And you could slowly start to, um, oh, it freaks me out just thinking about it. Um, hear these stories coming out, and then um, yeah, it was just weird stuff. So when you walked into the lounge area, um, there was a little history of the of the haunted hotel, and you read it, and you read it. And then eventually see where, that they mentioned that um, they used to smuggle diamonds. So they used slaves to smuggle diamonds. And they actually had trapdoors throughout the hotel where they would smuggle diamonds. And um, we went looking around. So we went to the wooden floors and opened up. Eventually there was a room with a pool table or snooker table. And there was a bathroom there. We lifted up the carpet, and you can see there's a little trapdoor there. So that was one of the, the trapdoors that went down for the slavery and everything for guys smuggling diamonds. But anyway, the next day is fine. The days were fine. It was the nights that were the problem, and we stayed there for two nights. So the next night, um, what we experienced was we were in our room, kept the lights on again, and through the night, you could just hear the door handles from that top floor all just being turned nothing being open just chicka, chicka, chicka. and then a few minutes later chicka, chicka, door handle and door handle chicka, chicka, moving the whole time and uh, that was i mean that was pretty much my experience of this haunted hotel um but then obviously with the experience we spoke to more people there and found out more things and um we found out that there's actually friendly ghosts there that there's eight ghosts that occupy the place there's a dog there's a little girl there's um, 
unfortunately there's people that did um commit suicide and they haunt the place so i think it was like the owner and some lady and um we've got a friend's mother that went there a few times and she's very like susceptible to this type of things and her one story was um she stayed on the second or third floor i think the third floor and she could hear chains oh, and when she looked in the mirror she saw a lady's face in the mirror and then um afterwards when you do some digging around you find out the one lady um actually committed suicide from the top floor so it's weird so it's like a combination of friendly ghosts and a bit creepy ghosts but what we experienced was just um just friendly ghost experiences so very weird um like i, I wouldn't want to see the like the little girl or something that would just freak me out oh, um, yeah, that would but the, 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 yeah yeah so there's like a couple of places within this hotel um that are like susceptible areas so the third floor is quite freaky um the bar is apparently super freaky we didn't even realize but the the barman told us sometimes there's a lady like in full victorian like old school outfits that just sits there and talks to people and then like someone will be like did you see that lady there and the barman's like no, no, there's no one there <laughs> so some some people see people that like fully like look like a person maybe just a bit like dress strangely and you know they find out later that that's a ghost or something so i experience was more just a i suppose a audible one where we just heard weird stuff going on um but well, yeah just enough, um, huh? creepy enough yeah I, i just like we were so freaked out in bed that first night we heard things and things moving around our room but there was no way in hell we were going to look but if we did look i don't know I don't know what like I think we're just looking at each other so we're lying facing each other like the blanket half over us because if you put the blanket over you the whole time you're going to flip and get like exhausted and have no fucking oxygen but yeah just thinking about the story freaks me out <laughs> but that's that I mean it's a simple story but it was a fun experience and funny enough we went back there numerous times afterwards but we stayed on the first and second floor and had um, no experiences whatsoever so if you staying on that top floor you're going to get weird experiences um but they make really good food and the accommodation is priced well and people still go there it's like quite a nice family place guys take their family there there's like a pool there's like little pony rides that you can do horse riding and you can do treks up the mountain there's paragliding so it's a really nice place just when it gets night time it's freaky <laughs> <laughs> nice well if i'm ever in south yeah. africa and i don't know if i ever will make it there or not but if i am there i will have to check gotcha. that out yeah it's so oh, it's so funny there's other places here that are also super freaky but um never ever went to them but that place is uh friendly freaky so friendly freaky. You, if you stay on the top floor you might have some weird experiences um And other than that, you just have a nice, nice time at a place that's haunted. <laughs> nice, nice, cool, man. Well, thanks for sharing that. That is pretty awesome. Okay, so what was the name of that hotel? I'm gonna write the name of it down so I can do a little bit of research on it. Okay, so the place is called Mountain Park Lodge or Mountain Park Hotel, and that's in Bulwer. So it's B-U-L-W-E-R, and that's in well, just just south of here. You'll pick it up. Yeah, I read up that um, Ghost Hunters or Ghost International Ghost Hunters or something went there as well to check it out. So it's it's made a name for itself. Nice, that is awesome. Cool. All right. Well, that was 
super interesting and uh yeah it was a little bit creepy hearing that even uh even though it happened <laughs> years later just like doorknobs jingling while you're asleep or trying to sleep and oh man yeah that would be a little uh make me on edge i think a little bit yeah and then the freaky thing is that the, the floor creaks anyway so like you scare yourself sometimes just walking through the passage <laughs> yeah like- Going to take a leak in the middle of the night and uh, you think it's a ghost. Don't go to the toilet in the middle of the night. (laughs) Just hold it in and wait for the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Cool. You see my dog in the background? She usually doesn't come in here, but she's here today. Cool. Maybe she's got the end of a. I don't know, Vendetta, do you know any ghost stories? No, she doesn't. She just barks at everything that walks by the house. What's that? Do you want to know? Do you want to know if she does know some ghost stories? uh, (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, I'm definitely going to, we'll make this part of the show. And I think that's, uh, I think that's something people will be interested in for sure. Um, Anything else you kind of want to wrap up with us with, either regarding the ghost story or anything else if you want to promote your your youtube channel now be a perfect time to do that um well just basically the ghost thing um it's easy to think it's not real but flip when you have experience then you think it's real <laughs> so i would be poor that i wouldn't think anything like ghost stories yeah whatever you know just you got to go vivid imagination but they're pretty damn real there's some weird stuff but that yeah you don't really experiment or go uh, investigate any further if you don't want to. Um, and then on the promotion sides, I've got a little um, YouTube channel, as you know. We both musicians and like heavy tuned, low tuned guitars. So I've got a channel just called Heavy Tones, and in there, I just do a whole bunch of stuff on guitar and playing some nice heavy riffs. So yeah, check that out if you guys want to see it. Heck yeah, man! I I watch your channel. I like your channel. Um, and yeah, the we both for people who don't know, we both have the same guitar. Um, although his his color of his is ugly and mine is not, so it's <laughs> <laughs> a great color. <laughs> He's got the uh, let's see, what should we call it? Yeah, the antico puke. <laughs> yeah, you gotta add puke in there. If you add puke in there, it's fun. Hold on. Yeah, antico burst in there. I got mine right here. There we uh, go. Yeah, that's what I'm. Doing. Oops, I bumped my mic. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Jazz Masters for the win <laughs> For sure man I never thought I'd be a fan of uh, A Squire or Fender product I've never really liked them But I decided to go with that one And I, I am not disappointed I mean t- I tell you what For the money you spent on that guitar Well when you bought them new They don't make them now uh, I mean they stay in tune phenomenally um, If you got the right gauge strings on it, you don't get any fret buzz. Oh, man, they're great guitars. I mean, they play like a guitar that's over $1,000 probably. Mm, Great guitar. It's a good guitar. Okay, cool. I think I'm going to end this right here. And everybody, uh, thanks for listening. And check out Gary's channel, Heavy Tones, on YouTube. And listen to some pretty sweet riffs. Cool. So what'd you think of that? Really, you know, I mean, he's from South Africa. I always find, like, for us, it's really freaky. 
Uh, like when I went to Jamaica, there was a couple like like haunted places, and because you're in a different country, it always seems like extra spooky. Extra spooky because we're not from there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, he sounded pretty freaked out. So <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I'll agree. Yeah, he. Yeah, he said he was getting chills and stuff. So I mean, just talking about it. And when I had, when I had initially asked him if he had any ghost stories, um, he was like telling me a little bit about it, but I didn't want to hear the whole story because I didn't, you know, I wanted to have an authentic reaction. Right. Um, and he when he when I was you know originally asking him, he was like, he was like, dude, I'm getting freaked out just sitting here, uh, right now thinking about it. So. I mean, definitely, he, see, he definitely had quite an experience. Though, I, I would have wanted to see it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and honestly, I'm, as like a history major, I'm really fascinated by the uh, the trapdoors, slave trapdoors. Oh, yeah, that would have been super interesting to find just, out more about for sure. Yeah, just as like from a historical back, you know, backstory, I, I'd want to see it, climb down in it. I mean, the whole shebang. You know, I mean, right. from a historical point of view, that is absolutely fascinating. The ghost part of it, I would want to see it. Like, if something's jiggling my handle on my door, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just going to sit there and wait. Be like, what? You going to come in or are you not going to come in? You going to waste my right, time? Right, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's creepy. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Like, so... Especially like like didn't he say there was a part with like the kids, like something like that? Like the I'm trying to remember like the whole thing, but I, I'm pretty sure there was like a uh, like a children kind of one of them was a yeah. child that lived there or something like that. Yes, yes, I don't remember the age, but yeah, I, be, I believe you said it was a little girl. See, and and just like you guys were talking, children are always creepier. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime they're so, uh, I can't remember if it was me and Joel or if it was just me. I can't remember if it was both of us. But I remember practicing at this church, and there was like the stage and then the chairs for the youth group, and then like a divider. So the people going to the nursery behind it, you wouldn't see them. Like the divider was just like these folding dividers that opened up and blocked like off. An, were, like accordion style. Yeah, and they were on wheels and everything, so they just like blocked off everything. And so we were we were like practicing or something. And I I, I can't remember why I went down the nursery, okay? But there was a scream like I went down the nursery and the lights were on and I flipped off the switch and they went back on. I mean, just that same kind of, you know, you're always going to have electrical kinks and stuff like that. But one day we were practicing and something screamed over the like stereo system. Like, and it was like a scream scream (laughs) and it wasn't either me or Joel because we both looked at each other and we're like, what was that? You know, and I think we started laughing. And I don't think it was just me. I think it was Joel, too. But then we heard, like, the pitter-patter of little kids running by on the other side of the divider. And I, my my brain's all sloshy when it comes to, like, remembering the specifics of these. 
But, and this was late at night and you guys were all alone, correct? Yeah, and it was like one in the morning. Okay, yeah, okay. It was like one in the morning. Nobody's there. We had a key. We both, I think we both had a key or I had a key. But yeah, it was, I don't know. The children running by the divider is like the creepy, creepy part, you know? I mean, there were yeah. other parts like, so with the lights, one night, I, I, like I said, I went in, shut off the lights. They came back on. I flipped it up like in the on position and they went off and then I went to walk away and they came back on and I remember I packed up everything got in my car and I was like all right I'm not gonna fight with this I'm just leaving and as <laughs> I left I looked in the window where the nursery was and there was like a silhouette of a woman standing like with the exit red glow sign <clears throat> like mm -hmm. see the red outline of like her you know, standing in the window, like looking at me. Now, mm -hmm. logically, that could be anything. That could be a coat. That could be anything. But to have like the lights happen, and then you go to get in your car and you just drive out, and then the lights are off now. When I left them, they were on. I had enough. Now they're off again. And now there's a silhouette of a lady in there with like the red glow behind her. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, I don't know those all those things together. That, that place was just freaky, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um. And then didn't you have another? You had another experience. You said um. Which one? The pews, the ground cracking, or the? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in. Uh, I was in Prank one night, and it was late. It was like two in the morning, and I was all alone this time totally all alone and it was after that incident i went i was like you know what i'm not gonna pray in the youth anymore i'm just maybe because whatever's over there you know what i mean it can stay over there i'm gonna right, pray yeah. in the uh, i'm gonna pray in the main sanctuary so i went in the main sanctuary i had the lights on and everything and i was praying in the main sanctuary and i was all alone i was in there for it was a while and all of a sudden you know, when wood begins to, like, when it's cold, I remember it was in the winter, so it was cold. Mm -hmm. And I heard, like, the wood pop. You know what I mean? Like, of the pews. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, first, wood. Yeah, you it's know. Like, when wood swells or whatever from humidity and stuff. Or in the winter, it does it, like, the opposite, I would suppose. Yeah, and it just pops, you know. <clears throat> I yeah. The first time it popped... I don't think it bothered me. I think I was just like blew it off, like, okay, well, whatever. And then it popped again, and I, I think it was the same kind of reaction. But at some point during the night, now I had left all of my stuff in the youth, so I had to go in and shut everything off and grab my, my keys and my wallet and everything. Um, but before then, so I'm praying right now, and all of a sudden, from left to right, like looking out from the stage, I'm up on the stage praying from left to right, all the way from the back pew to the front pew. One pew starts popping like pop. And then the one in front of it was like pop. And then it starts going faster. It's like pop, 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 pop. And like one pew after another from left <clears throat> to right, from the back to the front, each pew is popping all the way. And it's a big, it's a big, you know, sanctuary. This is a really big sanctuary. It's not gigantic, but it's big enough to where when that first row starts popping all the way towards you, 
and then the second row starts popping one <clears throat> after another all the way across it had my undivided attention <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good way of putting it your undivided attention <laughs> Uh, nice. I, I, I remember leaving and I, I just shut the lights off when got my keys. I was like, all right, we're, we're out of here. We're gone. I'm, <laughs> I'm done out. With this. I'm, I'll go pray in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it that bad. <laughs> John, you can hear me while I'm driving <laughs> yeah. on my way home yeah, I'm at a hundred miles an hour, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go for a drive and we'll just we'll hang out there, you know. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. That uh, that one story you were just saying, uh, talking about, remind me of the story that uh, my cousin Aaron um, was telling me uh, in regards to the church that. Well, it wasn't a church then, but the church that he and I both go to downtown mission church in wausau mm-hmm. um it was a movie theater and then it got converted over into <clears throat> a um like a, a concert hall essentially before it was the church and he he uh he was he's an electrician so he was actually doing work in the building there and uh, well i'll let him tell his story how about that okay all right okay so uh we're going to be talking about ghostly stories. This is uh, my cousin, Aaron, um, and we both live in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin now. Um, I'm originally from the Detroit area, and Aaron's from the Marshfield area, which is about an hour away from where we live now, so not too far. Um, but now we live about, I don't know, seven, eight blocks away from each other, which is cool. So that's why we're doing this over the internet, because we were too lazy to walk you blocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I couldn't think of any ghost stories while we were recording last week. And then at the very end, I remembered the one with when we were at grandma and grandpa's uh, 50th wedding anniversary and we saw that little girl. Um, so what I want to do is I've already kind of told my end of the story, but I, um, I want you to tell how you remember it. And, and I kind of want to get an idea of like how, how differently we remember things and see, see exactly what happened. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe it'll come out completely different. Maybe. That's what I'm kind of wondering. So, okay, so like you said, we were down for the 50th anniversary, and I remember we decided to go for a walk on the walking paths. They had hiking paths all around that resort. And uh, at the beginning of one of those paths we took, there was some kind of uh, signage that said to stay on the path, don't wander off. And then there was a little history about some girl and and then her mom so the little girl had inadvertently fallen off one of the cliffs and then I think the mom trying to rescue her also fell and died uh, so then that's that's what this resort had claimed was the big story and we kind of all thought that was all fun and games but then so we go walking and I remember we were we were walking for quite a while and uh then all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere it appeared you know uh, some little girl i don't know how old would you say she was i thought maybe around five five seven yeah yeah uh she she comes walking past us didn't say a word 
nothing. Uh, just quiet as can be, even though we said hi and tried to be polite. And then I remember we stopped and we were talking about how odd it was this little girl was out there all by herself. And then uh, a few minutes later, a woman walked past us and it was the same scenario. She didn't say anything either, if, even though we were saying hi and how you doing. So we continued our trail walking and I remember we looped around and we ended up in some, I don't know, canyon of sorts where there was a cave and you were going to go climb up in this cave with Barry, you know, my brother. And I remember I had this camera, this video camera, and I was standing in the middle of this canyon and recording. I actually stood in the center and recorded the walls all the way around like a 360 degree view just to kind of get an idea of what you guys were going to be doing because you had to actually scale up part of that cliff wall in order to get into the cave entrance and then uh, during that panning of the camera that woman and her little girl were sitting on a log off to the side and she was you know a little girl was playing and the mom was just kind of sitting and watching her so then I zoomed in on you guys climbing this rock wall and uh, didn't really think much else about the, the lady and her daughter. And then we went back, after all that was said and done, we went back to the resort and looked at the footage. And I remember all of us in kind of shock and awe that the woman and her daughter didn't show up on the video at all. Um, so that's that's what I remember of it. But uh, to me, it yes. seemed like they were very plain and clear. It was just really odd that there was no noise coming from them. Yeah, I, I remember it almost exactly the same way. Uh, list... So the only details that I remember differently was when we were walking down a trail. I forgot about the, the sign, the story. Um, I forgot about that. <clears throat> but I, I kind of remember now that you said it. Um, and I remember when we were walking down the path and we had seen the little girl. I remember seeing her, but I for, I, I was remembering that her mom was there too. But now that you said um, that we were discussing how weird it was she was by herself, I do remember that at first she was by herself. I had forgotten that, uh, or misremembered rather. But I remember uh, when we were walking down, when we saw this little girl, it was kind of like at a fork in the road. And I remember when I was walking down, I was thinking to myself, I already knew which way we wanted to go. We wanted to go kind of to the left. And then I remember asking the girl, which way should we go or something along those lines. And she just pointed to the direction that we had already decided we were going to go. Do you remember that oh, at all? Boy. Yeah, I do. Now that you mentioned that. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. So she, and then. I, but she didn't speak any words. No, right? no. She, she never said pointing. anything. Right. Yeah. And then um, I do remember later on when we were in that kind of canyon area, um, her mom showing up. And then same thing, like the mom, I don't remember her ever saying anything at all. Um, and yeah, at first I remember it didn't seem too weird other than at first the girl's by herself. But then we're just like, oh, there's some other people down here. No big deal. But then like we just all felt it was really, really odd. 
after a yeah. while. And then, like you had said, I don't remember watching the footage. However, I remember us discussing it a few years after that, and then you telling me about the footage. I remember that. I just don't remember actually us watching it then. Um, so, yeah, most of the story pretty much matches up almost exactly. That's pretty pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I guess that's, that's really all that I remember from the story is pretty much what I had said. Um, can you think of anything else that we're missing, maybe? No, but, you know, just to point out the fact that little kids are not quiet. When they're playing, they're making noise or making, you know, some kind of ruckus. But to have a little girl out there absolutely silent that's just unusual so. that's true yeah that's a good point and um i think i remember i don't remember the, what the sign said as far as when they died but if i remember correctly they were just wearing like kind of modern day clothes like i don't remember anything odd about what they were wearing do you no i didn't think no, they okay. looked like they were dressed from the past or anything right yeah me neither I don't remember that at all. That that probably would have really freaked us out, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, I'm trying to think. Now, um, do you have any... I'm sure you got a lot of stories. Um, okay, so here's one that we could talk about. So um, I had mentioned in the recording we did last week, although I don't think I'm going to use most of that because I had audio. We had audio issues. So some of the stories that I had told him they probably didn't even get fully recorded. So John and I are actually going to re-record the whole podcast later on this afternoon. Um, but I had mentioned that um, I had heard originally that uh, downtown Mission Church, the building they're, they're in now, um, at one point was quote-unquote haunted. I had heard that, and I think I remember asking you about that not too, maybe a year ago or so, maybe a little longer than a year ago. Yep. And um, for people who don't know, Aaron um, is an electrician, and he he actually worked in the building. This is before it was um, downtown Mission Church, um, probably years before, I would imagine. And I remember you telling me you had some stories from, from that. Right. Uh, yeah, looking back, you know, I... I do seem to have a lot of these weird ghost stories and that is one of them um so it was originally an old movie theater and the new owners wanted to turn it into basically a nightclub uh, with a live band you know performance area and so we were in there for quite a few months of course everybody knew the stories of the old ghosts haunting the place and it's quite well known for that i guess but uh, i didn't know it back then when it was the theater I was never inside of it then but we always kept our eyes open hoping to see something while we were working in this building and uh, so one of the times um, we came in in the morning and the masons had uh, stayed late the night before in order to get a lot of the block wall up that was required um, by a certain deadline and one of the guys thought for sure that he had seen something but there was really, you know, not much story to go off of there. So a few days later, after that point, uh, we're wiring up some of the lights and uh, I had uh, one of the guys working on a dimmer switch. And uh, this was over what would have been like the bar area in that building at the time. And it was gonna dim all the lights and then also turn on lights inside the bar. He could not for the life of him get, get that to work and everything indicated that it should have worked nothing so i went and looked at it 
tore the whole thing apart. We actually put in a whole new switch. We checked the power, of course, with uh, electric meters. We checked everything and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. Uh, everybody was running out of ideas. So we kind of just took a break for it for a minute and, and uh, kind of walked away. And I had inadvertently, you know, at that point said, yeah, maybe, who knows, could be the ghost, you know. <laughs> and when I said that, all of a sudden those lights came on all by themselves. The dimmer switch went up, all the lights turned on, and nobody was within five feet of that, that switch. Uh, so that kind of freaked everybody out. Right after I had said that, the lights turned on by themselves. And, uh, but that's the only thing that was really out of the ordinary during that job that, that I firsthand saw pretty fun <laughs> good times at that building but yeah yeah that's that's pretty crazy um i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i remember us ever having talked about as far as ghost stuff i have a really good one about Go uh so this this happened way back uh and so ashton who is my oldest son, he uh, he kind of grew up in this old, well, his grandparents on his mom's side had this old farmhouse that they rented. And it was known that this place was like uh, a haunted little old farmhouse. And everybody in the town knew it. This was out in Spencer, Wisconsin. And, um, you know, there were oddities that always happened there. Well, it was Christmas time one year, and we were all gathered in this big living room that this farmhouse had, and you know, there's aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and everybody's in there. And we were all opening gifts, and it kind of got to the end, and one of the uncles there said, hey, I guess the ghost didn't get any presents this year, ha <laughs> ha, you know, kind of made a joke and a laugh out of it, and everybody's kind of chuckling. And I'm not kidding you, right before the eyes of about 20, 25 people, this old console TV, which, you know, they used to weigh what? A couple hundred pounds? Those ones with the wood sides, you know? This TV lifted off the ground about six inches and just hovered there, and then slammed back down to the ground, just making a huge uh, vibration in the floor Actually, a lot of the guys ran down into the basement to make sure that the rafters, you know, the ceiling joists and stuff hadn't cracked or anything. And uh, everybody was pretty uh, shocked that nobody knew what to do. And <laughs> nobody really talked about the ghost after that in that house. <laughs> wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. That's That's intense, man. Um, I'm trying to think if there's what else, what other stories we can talk about. I know that there was one story that you and I had discussed one time about, it's not really, it wasn't really ghost stuff. It was more like you would, I feel like you, you said you had a weird dream one time about aliens or something. And yeah. then Barry and his buddy were sleeping yeah. in the car out in the driveway and <laughs> yeah. they don't and they to this day they don't remember anything happening but i mean right. I, that's not exactly on the same 
storyline is what we're talking about as far as ghosts, but that's a pretty interesting slash creepy story. Yeah. So, I mean, go ahead and tell that one. If you want, you don't have to. Yeah. Don't oh, to. sure, I'll tell it. Yeah, that one that one freaked us out for sure. Um, so the setting is, uh, you know, back when we were teenagers. And uh, so my brother, he was off at like one of these lock-ins at school, almost like a, a dance type thing. And him and a friend had gone out there and they were due to come back in the morning, you know, after the school opened up the doors and let everybody out. So I was just having a normal night, nothing out of the ordinary, went to bed. And to me, from my perspective of everything, uh, you know, I went to sleep and I had this, let's just say I had this crazy dream. And, and this dream was that all of a sudden I am in my bed and just absolutely terrified. And I, I was having a hard time breathing and I felt like I couldn't move my arms or my legs. And all of a sudden this bright light was shooting through my bedroom window. And my my bedroom was on the second floor of the house we lived in. So this light is just shining through like sunlight. And all of a sudden the window opens up and this alien walks through and stands at the end of my bed. And all I remember thinking is that I was absolutely terrified and couldn't do anything. I don't remember anything after that, you know. So the next thing that happens for me is I wake up. It's the next day. I go to Barry's room. He's not in there. I thought, well, that's weird. He should have been back by now. And I went downstairs looking for him. He wasn't anywhere in the house. I peeked out the window and noticed his car in the driveway at the very edge of the driveway, like barely pulled in off the edge of the road. If he had been back a little bit, it would have been sticking into the road. So I walk out there just to see what's going on because he's completely blocking the sidewalk. And here he is with the friend of ours that he had gone to this lock-in with. Both of them are completely passed out in the front of the car, sleeping, and I tap on the window and they both kind of woke up and, you know, came to. And Barry rolls down the window and then he's like, oh man, I just had the craziest dream that you were abducted by aliens. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. I know. <laughs> oh man. And then you said that he doesn't remember any of that right now. No. Right. But now if you ask him about it, he can't remember a word. Yep. Oh, that's that's so wild, dude. I don't even know what to think of that. That one's I know. still perplexing. It's pretty... That one's, like, definitely <laughs> wild. That, to me, is, like, the creepiest one out of all of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for oh, sure. Man. It really made me think if I had a dream or not. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I think that's what makes it the most creepy, because with the the light going on by itself and you were you know everyone you know was there that's weird but i mean weird stuff happens with you know electrical stuff yeah. and lights all the time you know who knows you know you could explain that away all day long but when you think you're having a dream and then your brother has a dream about the same thing essentially mm -hmm. oh that just gets so weird <laughs> it's uh yeah, yeah i don't know 
I kind of don't want to think about something climbing through my window. <laughs> well, yeah, that's terrifying as well. Oh, man. Oh, well, thank you very much for sharing those stories. Um, if there's anything else you want to share, uh, feel free. Also, if you want to um, plug A1 and Lexton's YouTube YouTube channel, you can do that if you want. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Sure. Um, I know they'd appreciate that. Yeah, they. Uh, so A1 and Lexton, my two youngest, they have a YouTube channel, which I just kind of have fun doing the video editing for. Nothing fancy. And uh, they... Uh, they have the channel Imagimotion Entertainment, so basically they're using their imaginations and staying in motion. But uh, that um, they're going to have a new video coming out pretty soon. They're doing a new new challenge. Well, it's not really a challenge, but it's like a, what happens in reality and what expectations are. So it's quite a difference in real life and what they hope for. But it's funny. Nice, cool. Yep. Cool, awesome. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, that was that was definitely some great stories and I can't wait for people to hear it. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. All right, so yeah, I was actually a little surprised at how well um, Aaron's story and my story matched up because I forgot to ask him when... When that was, but I'm pretty sure it was before I was married, and I've been married almost 15 years, so yeah, it had to have been like 16, 17 years ago, roughly. Yeah, and like again, you have like the child, you know what I mean, which just adds that like creep element to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. There, there's a whole lot in there, though. I mean, the electrical issues that I talked about. <laughs> <laughs> um I I think the last one with the dream is like you guys were saying is like the freakiest one. Yeah. Um for one reason and one reason only is that like when our dreams are intertwined with like someone else's there's <clears throat> like a another whole level of like crazy because like how would that person have the same dream you know what i mean or a connecting dream or a connecting yeah it's dream. yeah it's it's really really wild how what seems to have been a dream was somehow connected in some way and i've often wondered if that's even possible or yeah. not um i don't know if it is or isn't but it's the experience nonetheless was you know it's an, i'm sure it's very intense so, Just hearing about it's wild. So I have a story with a dream. This really happened to me. And I was really little. But um, it, it so it started, I, I guess I would have to step back, though, from the actual dream. Because the dream went on for quite a few years. Like, I would have it off and on. Um, but mm -hmm. it started way before then. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to get through it as best I can because it's actually like a lot. Um, so on that lake, one year we had a speedboat. And we only had the speedboat working for one year. Uh, and it was this particular summer that we had it up and running. We had, I, I believe we had just gotten the speedboat. And my dad 
wanted to take everyone down. We all got in it. We were all riding around the lake for a while. I think we did some fishing out of it. And then we were riding around and all of a sudden, I think it was my mom, she pointed to grab my dad and she pointed to our beach. And at our beach, we had that same creek that I talked about earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. that float around behind the houses. Well, when you have a creek flow into a lake, it creates drop-offs based on like how the water is like flowing in and pushing sand out. Mm -hmm. And so you could be walking along and all of a sudden you will go, you'll take a step and there's no sand there. It's just a drop down like a foot. Sometimes and that's from the, and that's from the current pushing the, the sand from the lake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we, you know, there was, we always had these understandings that where the drop-offs were, my parents were really, really diligent about letting us know, like, don't go this way, don't go that way. If you do, we were all strong swimmers, so we never really worried too much about it, but we all were conscious of where the drop-offs were. But visiting families that visited just to swim like on the lake, like Memorial weekend and stuff like that, 4th of July weekend, they didn't know about the drop-offs. Right. So we we're, we were driving our boat around and my mom, she, uh, my dad's driving, you know, we're all in the back, everyone's having a good time, the water's splashing in our kids, you know, in our faces. My mom points to the beach, my dad shakes his head, drives, her close to the beach and my mom does like one of those like Baywatch like jump off the side of the boat like you know what I mean jumps into the water yeah. <clears throat> and my mom is an extremely strong swimmer um, and she swam to, to the beach and we you know as kids were like what is going on we didn't know what was going on but I remember looking and there was all these adults holding hands and walking like out from the beach out into the water and they're all holding hands and at the time it didn't make sense but now i realized they were they were forming human chain trying to find a little boy that had drowned right so we parked the boat and the kid was under for like 30 40 minutes he was under a very very extremely long time um and finally someone found him he had fought, he had gotten in the drop off. They had found him, pulled him up. My mom started, you know, uh, CPR. She was a lifeguard growing up, so she knew kind of what to do. She started doing CPR, and you know, in the movies, when someone drowns, the boy, like when they pull him out, he's his eyes are closed, and he's just laying there with his head looking straight up. But in reality, the the body is left in whatever state that it is when it drowns. So usually gasping right. for air, their mouths are open, their eyes mm -hmm. are open. Right. Uh, they have like hemorrhaged eyes, so their eyes are all bloodshot from like gasping oh. for air and stuff. Wow. Um, well, the boy was, I was on the beach and I was probably about 20 feet away. And the boy was like looking right. I mean, you know, as a kid, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where he probably, that's just the way his head fell when they put him right. on the beach. Right. And they were doing chest compression, so his body's all moving anyways. 
but from my point of view, and I was really, really little, he was looking directly at me with his eyes open. Mm -hmm. And so he's staring into me as a little boy. And he is completely dead at this point. I mean, just gone, you know. He was looking into your soul, John. Yeah, basically. I mean, the, the Bible does say the eyes are the windows to the soul, you know. Yeah. And he was either looking into mine or I was looking into his. Right. But at some point, um, I seen, as a little kid, a black, and I don't know how to better describe it other than the way I did to my mom later on that night. But a black fog had come out of his body and hovered right above him. Now, keep in mind, my mom's doing CPR, but my mom was praying over him the whole time for God to return him. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she's praying diligently and the, the family's getting mad because she's like doing CPR and she's praying. They don't want to hear the prayer. They just want her to do CPR. But my mom is pretty steadfast and she's not going to stop, you know. But at some point, this black fog came out and hovered above his body. And I remember I was I was like frozen with fear. I'm so little and I am just staring at this black fog. And then I remember it started like moving towards me. Oh, man. And then as it got really close to me, this it was like the sun, like a sun ray shined on the black cloud and it dissipated it just went away okay so my mom follows the uh you know the ambulance finally comes they had to send someone up to kind of lead it down to our neighborhood because they couldn't mm -hmm. find it right and yeah. they finally find it they take the boy away the boy ends up surviving no no brain damage whatsoever that in and, itself is wild yeah so my mom she had told the family before they even left the beach she was like, by this time tomorrow, your son will be dancing. And the family obviously is in disarray and disbelief, you know. Right. But at some point during the whole process, the next day, the boy asked for Jello. Like, comes to, he starts slowly recovering, gets a heartbeat, starts breathing on his own, comes to, wakes up, asks for Jello. And then sometime the next day in the afternoon was dancing in the windowsill for no apparent reason whatsoever. Wow. The mom ended up coming back to our driveway, met my mom in the driveway, and literally cried her eyes out to my mom, telling her everything you said came true. You know? Well, later that night, my mom came in to me because I was like traumatized. You know, I'm, yeah. a, little, I'm a little kid seeing this other kid like my age exactly drown right in front of me but i i had told her what i had seen i was like mom i don't know how you know i'm a little kid i'm trying to explain it the best i can you were like mom you know the smoke smoke monster from lost that's Basically, what i saw that is exactly <laughs> what i saw with the eyes and all like everything like the red eyes shining at me through the fog <laughs> Wow. Um, and I and I try I'm trying to explain it to my mom and my mom said to me, you know, when you were born, you were born with the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck like around my neck mm -hmm. and I was born dead. And they had to resuscitate me to bring me back. And she wow. said like anyone that comes that close, you're going to be way more sensitive to things than most people. You know. 
And I remember her praying with me that night. But later on, a couple years later, I started having these crazy dreams. And I had these dreams of this gray, ghoulish demon. Um, and it was, it was like a reoccurring dream that kept happening. And mm. this ghoulish dream, or this ghoulish demon would like, he was all gray, real skinny, real elongated fingers, and just really like, I don't know, he kind of looked like, uh, like Smeagol, I guess, but like more gray. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say like Slender Man. No, <laughs> like totally like Smeagol. Uh, gotcha. Like really skinny and frail, but is like he had like talons and very gray. Well, he would kind of do what uh, your friend from South Africa would say, is like jiggle the handle of the door, uh -huh. and he would jiggle it a couple times, and then all of a sudden the door would slowly. And, and this isn't a dream, okay? This is not in reality. But he right. would jiggle the handle, and then <laughs> in the dream he would open the door. And then I I would like pull the covers up close to my face in my dream because I was terrified. But then I could hear I could hear him like scurry around on the floor. And I could hear him like kind of creep under my bed. And then in the dream, at the last second, he would like start to slowly like climb up my bed and onto like my oh, legs. Man. And then at some point I would wake up, you know. Oh. Just so, in time. Yeah, just in time. So this Jeez. dream, uh, I, I kept having this dream every every so often. And one point, I was having this dream. And in the dream where he climbed up on my bed, I had turned over and taken the covers and pulled them over around me. So I'm laying on my face with the covers over me, trying to like protect myself. Mm -hmm. And he grabs in my dream he grabs the covers and he peels them back and he starts clawing at my back oh man <laughs> just like oh, going geez. to town clawing at my back and so in the dream i start screaming you know and it's just like a big nightmare night terror and my mom actually in real life she comes she hears me screaming and she runs in the room and she sits next to me and she's like you know trying to wake me up and, you know, she wakes me up and I give her a hug and she's like praying over me and everything. And I'm trying to calm down. And as she's like, like hugging me, she's, mm -hmm. she asked me, she's like, what did you do to your shirt? And I was like, what are you talking about? The back of my shirt was like all ripped open, but there was no like scratch marks on my back. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, that's messed up. I thought you were going to have the scratch marks. <laughs> no. That would have been even worse, but the, the the shirt being ripped is good. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> that's wild, dude. I went on. Yeah, I, I can't remember any. Uh, I mean, I have so many ghost stories that things I see. Oh, um. Uh, what was that name? I'm trying to remember that name of that Denzel Washington movie. Um, oh yeah, we talked about it uh, on on take one, that, and I can't remember the name of it either. Uh, um, 
so there more more better blues no no not (laughs) oh okay okay Um, so there's, I've actually, I've never seen that for the record. I've never seen that movie. So there's, I think it was called, uh, falling or something like that. Uh, but there's a Denzel Washington movie where he's being like haunt, not haunted by this demon, but basically this demon is like harassing and killing people, but it's harassing him. And it's, so it's just anybody in his life. Basically. That he's attached to or knows. Yes. And, associated with. And as he passes by to let him know that the demon is present, like that it's actually there speaking mm-hmm. through someone else, it'll sing mm-hmm. like the same song and it'll just stare him down the entire time. Okay. Well, one time. Oh, that, one, that's freaky. One time me and Liz, um, we are going into Walmart. And, you know, as couples, young couples kind of do to go out on a date, uh, especially when you get a night away from the kids, what do you do at three in the morning? You go out to Walmart and you walk around and go shopping and just look at clothes and whatever, you know? Well, we got out of the car and on the way into the Walmart, this old, and I'm talking like 90s old kind of lady, Mm-hmm. She is walking out of Walmart, pushing a cart. In the entire time, it, this is what I always think when there's like two people versus just one people, it makes it even worse because not only are you seeing it, but you might think to yourself, like, I'm just crazy. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm hallucinating. Making, I'm hallucinating, or maybe I'm reading into it too much. Right. You know what I mean? But if both of you are seeing it and you're both like, what in the world? Yeah, no, that does make it uh, more real in a way. ten times worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're walking in. This old lady is walking out. And from a distance of probably 30 feet away, she is staring at me the entire time. Wow. And the look on her face... The only way I can describe it is that look that that demon gave in that Denzel Washington movie where it's just like staring intently, like with this demonic, crazy dead face. And it's staring at me the entire time. And and no matter how, it, like as we get closer to this old lady, her mm-hmm. head's turning and watching me. And as I pass, she is turning all the way around, lets her cart go and roll away from her. And she turns completely around and is just staring at me as we're walking in. And I keep like turning my head, like looking at her, like, what is she staring at? You know, but she is just let her cart roll away from her and is just staring at me the entire time. Liz standing next to me, she she like grabs my hand and she pulls me into the store and she stops me on the inside and she was like did you see that did that just did that really happen like and i'm looking at her like yeah i've seen it i was about to address it but i've seen it you know and she's like let's just let's just go grocery that was freaky i don't even want to talk about that anymore let's just go inside that was messed up and I was like, okay, all right, let's just go shopping. But yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, 
one of those things where I wasn't alone and I seen it. If I was alone, I don't know what I, I, I don't know. It wouldn't have been, maybe it would have been even creepier, but the fact that I was with someone and they seen it too, it, well, I wasn't hallucinating. I wasn't making it up. They saw it too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, and the making it, it was an old lady too. She was like 90 something. Just, oh my gosh. <laughs> she was giving you the look. Just give me the demon look, man. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I wish I could see it again. Like <laughs> I'm sure it'll come across my face like at some point, you know. Someone'll do it again. Hey, dude, I, I you know I I now that I think about it. All right. One more story. One more story. Uh okay. and then you got a you got another uh interview, don't you? Yeah, we got one more. All right. I was, oh man, I had to be 16, 17, or 18, somewhere in there. I think I was 16, okay? And I think I've told you this one. Uh, I was working at Meyer, and there was this super friendly, she was like <clears throat> mentally challenged, I guess. Um, she was a mentally challenged girl, and... She worked at the store with me, and um, we both pushed carts. I thought she was super nice. I talked to her all the time. Um, I love people that have challenges because they're so, most of the time, they're very sincere. There's no real deceit behind the real them. They're just mm -hmm. them. You know what I mean? You don't have to mm -hmm. read between the lines of lies and truth it's just all sincerity and i yeah I, they they usually don't get caught up and they don't ever um they don't want to impress people yeah they don't yeah, care about that they don't so care they're about real that. so they're they're sincere and genuine and i i appreciate that because they're not trying to win it like you said they're not trying to like impress or win anyone over that's just that's the real them you know yeah and that's how she was like all the time and we t we talked quite a bit uh, we had lunch together quite a bit. Well, one time out of nowhere, I kid you not, I am, I, I think I stepped out for, it might've been the end of the day. I think it was, it was the end of my shift. I'm walking outside and she's sitting up on top of the carts and she's got a book in her hand and she's just like ripping pages out and crinkling them up in her hands and like throwing them on the ground. And I look at her and I was like, I look at her and I was like, I was like, hey, what are you doing? You know? She's like, and it was a different voice than she had ever spoke to me in. Mm -hmm. But she looks up at me and she's just like looking at me intently. And she goes, I hate Jesus. And she, I looked oh, down. Geez. And it's the Bible, and she is ripping pages out of this Bible, oh, crinkling them up and just throwing them on the ground. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> what is going on right now? She's just oh, like, I man. hate Jesus. And I was at the time, I was 16, I didn't know what to say about that. I was just like, all right, you, ha you have a good day. I'll Gotta go. <laughs> I'll see you later. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah. 
like of all things, like all books. <laughs> yeah. No big wow. indicator that that was even going to take place. None at all. Like <clears throat> I, I didn't it was even just know. out of nowhere, literally. Yeah. One like, minute eating a bag of chips, next minute ripping pages out of the Bible, saying I hate Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. So, uh, so what's this last interview? So I'll set this one up. Uh, my coworker from work, Laura, um, she had gone up north to, well, yeah, it's up north from us. We're in central Wisconsin. It's pretty much straight north up uh, 59, I believe. Um, and in into uh, Paulding, Michigan, where the the Paulding light is, mm-hmm. and this is a couple months back. It was in the winter, uh, so I don't know, maybe January or February, I, I think is when uh, it had been February or March. I think I can't remember exactly, but so she went up there and she saw this Paulding light that a lot of people have seen before, and actually John and I were. Uh, maybe going to go try and see it this weekend but um, other plans came up but we are planning on um, going up to try to see this Paulding light in the near future mm-hmm. um, Lord willing um, it's not it's not too far of a drive it's about two and a half three hours from where we're at and about six hours give or take from where John's at yeah. so we could definitely meet up and, and go do that and I think that would be really fun Yeah. Um, uh, maybe we'll do like an impromptu um on the road podcast or something that That'd might be, be awesome. super fun. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, you so she had, this coming weekend. I'm possibly. Free. Yeah. I'm free. If yeah, I don't have, have to work, I can drive up there. I'll have to look at my, Oh, I can't, I got to work Saturday. Okay. Yeah. This Saturday, next Saturday, I have to work. Um, I only have to work one Saturday a month, but I chose it to be the last Saturday of this month and the first Saturday of next month so I can get them both out of the way. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we'll do it soon. Okay. Um, so, yeah, she she tells us a little bit about this, her experience with the Paulding Light. And then she also sent me a video that she had taken while she was there. So we'll put that in with the interview and um, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, then you can uh, go, you know, see it, you know, here in the video. If you're only listening, then you can't see it unless you're having a ghostly experience right now. <laughs> Which is very possible. <laughs> Which uh, it's possible. <laughs> it's <right>. totally possible. <laughs> right. All right. Let's hear it. Okay, so I am here with one of my co-workers. Her name is Laura, and today we're going to talk about ghost stories and fun, interesting stuff like that. And she actually went up north. Uh, where was it at? Um, it was in Michigan. It's actually called, the town is called Paulding Lane. Okay. It's right outside of Watersmeet, Michigan. Okay, so that's going to be the Upper Peninsula. We're in Wisconsin, for anybody who doesn't know, so the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And um, kind of just explain exactly what the phenomenon was that you saw and uh, maybe like the events leading up to before you went or how you found out about it. Okay, so um, with the Paulding Light, I've always seen it on Unsolved Mysteries. They actually do have it on Unsolved Mysteries. Um, 
little story behind it. I can't remember exactly, but there was a train conductor who died on the railroad tracks and he would hold the light uh, like a lantern and swing it so the train could see. Um, and he died there. And an ex took me up to Michigan and he asked me if I wanted to see anything. And the Paulding light came up and I was like, yeah, I want to go there and see it. The thing about the Paulding light is no one can ever catch it. It can't be explained. You try, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was an intense, an intense thing to go to. Um, I got goosebumps at the whole entire time we saw it. I sat there and I tried to explain away. Like I was like, okay, there's a car that's gotta be car lights, but you would see two and it's only one light and it goes back and forth and it flickers. And I'm like, okay, so it should be if it's coming around a corner, cause it almost looks like there's, there's a road, like it should come around the corner, but it doesn't. And I was, and it happened um, on the video that I got, it happened every, it lasted for a minute and 11 seconds. And it would happen every other minute. So it was pretty, it was timed. And we saw it just at dusk. Like we didn't think we were gonna see it, but we did, it was awesome. Yeah, and you actually did take video of it. You sent it to me. I looked at the video. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. Uh, was so was the light kind of just like floating in the air almost, almost like yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of like floating in the air. You really can't you can't explain it. So when we went, we had to turn around because it was during winter. It was in Valentine's Day, so or the weekend before, and usually you can walk these tracks but i couldn't walk the tracks because of course there was a huge snowbank so we turned the car around uh the truck around when we turned the truck around he was trying to move up far enough to see it and we could actually see it he goes i see it i see it i see it in my rearview mirror so i got out rolled down the window sat on like the window and i'm looking out i'm looking at my first i looked at my rearview mirror and then i couldn't see it but if i got out and looked i could see it and then eventually I could see it in my rear view mirror. And that's when I videotaped it. And if I saw it, and when he saw it starting to go out in his rear view mirror, it was still on, on my rear view mirror. And then I knew like I only had a matter of seconds before it was gonna go out. Which, how do you explain that? You're in a truck, you're like So it's that almost like you were both looking at it in your rear view mirror, but it would go out for him, but you would still see it a little bit? For, yeah, for like, uh, probably like for like six more seconds and you could see it would slowly go out. It wasn't like instant, like you saw the video. It wasn't mm -hmm. like fun. It slowly got dim. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. So what, um, do you think that there is some kind of actual unexplained reason why it's happening? Or do you think it's possibly the the um, conductor or not conductor but the the person who worked in the railroad who's still there i believe in spirits so i honestly think it's um i think it's the conductor um like i said there's people that i know that have tried to run and catch it and no matter how much you run after it you can never get caught up to it so it, it like kind of keeps going away further and further that's yep. that's interesting Yep, and there's and the actual thing is there's no train tracks there now. All the train like the train tracks that were there are completely removed, hmm. which is interesting. But like I said, yeah, you can't. I believe it's the conductor. At first, I was skeptical. I wasn't even for sure if we were going to see it because it's not all the time that you can see it. It only happens here and there. We didn't think we would see it because it was dusk. Hmm. 
Interesting. So, yeah, so, it was it was yeah. interesting. I think. Uh, how long of a trip is it from here to go up there? A couple hours. Um, couple hours? to to get to Waters Mead, it was about three hours, almost three hours. So once we got into Waters Mead, because we stayed at a casino hotel there, um, it was probably ten minutes down the road from the casino. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was very interesting. I will have to certainly uh, plan a trip. Uh, I have a feeling when I go, I won't see anything though. <laughs> well, stay at the hotel, get a get a cheap hotel, stay at the hotel, stay a couple nights, and then try and see it. I would say try not to go like right at like when it's dark, dark, because I think that's when there's going to be more people there. Um, I think you should try going at like a, at dusk, and I think you're going to have a better experience because I know. When we were in our training class, I talked with what's her name, and she said she used to go there and see it too. Oh, wow. our trainer. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that is it is um, definitely interesting, and it's definitely got my curiosity peaked. And uh, I think this is going to be a good story to kind of uh, tell for our ghost stories episode. Maybe if the ghost story episode goes well and, and people seem to like this episode, we'll do it every so often. But I figure since our podcast is the Campfire Conversationals podcast, you can't have a campfire without ghost stories. So that's the theme for this week's episode is ghost stories. Uh, is there anything else you kind of wanted to add in or anything else you want to tell or any other experiences that you've had in your lifetime that are uh, paranormal, whatever? I've had tons, <laughs> tons of experiences with paranormal, just feelings. Um, my brother was in Iraq um, fighting for us and I came home and I saw his silhouette upstairs with his hand over his chest saying everything was going to be all right. Started turning on the lights, of course he wasn't there. 12 hours later, we had somebody show up at our doorstep saying he had got shrapnel inch and a half in his chest. And so do I believe in like sixth sense? Do I believe in the spiritual? Do I believe in there's other things? Yes, I do. Just things that can't be explained. And I don't think, I don't think it's weird for people to believe in it. If you believe in it, go with it. Yeah. It's I, a good yeah, thing. I don't necessarily not believe in it or I've just never had any experiences that I can think of. Or if I have, I just can't remember them. But I mean, mm -hmm. I, I do believe people you know, have these experiences, it wouldn't make sense for people to just, everybody to make them up. That doesn't seem logical. Uh, I'm sure some people mm -hmm. make it up, but I mean, I feel like the vast majority of people who have any kind of these experiences, you know, for them, it's very real. And it, you know, a lot of times it can't be explained. No, it, it can't be. I mean, in all honesty, I think if you get a chance because the Pauline lights, what, three hours from where we are, I think it's worth it to go an experience because like I said, I was, I was skeptical at first and I kept trying to explain it away. Like every time we saw it happen, I'm like, that's a car, that's a car. And I'm like, that's not a car coming. Um, you have to see it. I think you have to see it in order to believe it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely believe something's happening there. And, and it, the, when you were saying about how you had friends that would like kind of chase it and it would kind of get further away, that, that is very odd. That that's like, to me, the most odd thing about it because I mean obviously they're chasing something but it, they can't get closer to it that's really really strange uh, that makes it like super interesting to me 
So yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, I just think like everybody said because there's lots of people that have seen it, but nobody like not a lot of people have thought to like videotape it. And yes, my video isn't the best, but I did take it and I have like I have actual proof, which I thought was pretty awesome that it was actually able to catch it on camera because some of those things they don't they don't work. Yeah. Sometimes they don't happen because they can sense that that energy you're recording it. Yeah. Um, um, so, so I was I'll have I, you resend me the video again. Um, okay. I think the first time you sent it to me, I got it, but I think the audio didn't work or something. Something I remember something was wacky with it. So yep. I'll have you send it to me again, and then for I'll post this on YouTube. I mean, obviously we have the podcast, which goes on the podcast platforms, but I'll put this on YouTube as well, so that people okay. can um, see the video that you had actually filmed on your phone. And even yeah. if there's no sound, I'll still just post it and commentate over it because you know whatever. It's you know you can still see something's going on. Yep. Cool. Well, thank you very much for sharing. And um, yeah, for sure. Well, maybe we'll if we do more ghost stories, we'll have you come on and tell some of your other ones. Okay, not a problem. Be glad to do that. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Hi. Yep. So, what do you think of that, John? I see. I, I've actually done research on this before I ever even heard her talk about her experience. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've always had like a fascination for weird things like this, and this is mm -hmm. like one of the cases where the Mulder and Scully split comes in with me, um, mm -hmm. and I. I I know there was there was a uh, Michigan like science institute or some university sent out like a science crew, and supposedly they recreated the light based on cars passing somehow, but then other um, like supernatural experts went out and could not reproduce it. So I think it goes both ways. Um, I. I, I think that this is one of those rare things where I am very fascinated. I want to see it, but at the same time, yeah. I, I, I want to know why. <laughs> yeah. I'm not creeped so, out. I, I like, 
No, I, I'm not truly, at all. This truly creep me out at all. Yeah, this it doesn't creep me out. I just want to have more curious. Yeah, yeah, I want to have an explanation for it. Yeah. So when we do go, I'll bring my my high um, high zoom camera. Yeah. And a tripod, and if we are able to see it, I mean, my camera can zoom. I mean, you've seen pictures I've taken of the moon with my camera. Yeah. Um, so we can zoom in very, very close, even if we're a mile away, that, that won't matter. Um, I've zoomed in on houses a mile away before, and it looks like you're standing in front of the house. So even if it's like a mile away, we'll zoom in with my camera. If we can actually see this and we'll see if maybe we get an an idea of of what we think it is, or if it's unexplainable, I mean, maybe it's still going to be unexplainable. Who knows? Okay. Well, if I don't have to work in three weeks. I think we should go in three weeks. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So three weekends from now, um, I'm totally down. So it'd be like yeah, mid June, awesome. something, something like that. Uh, we'll yeah, be- probably not 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 too hot to where we couldn't camp out for the night. Yeah, and then well, it's northern Michigan though. <laughs> it'll be cold no matter what. Good. Well, at night it'll be cold. <laughs> But I mean, it might be 95 during the day with 98% humidity too during the day. True. True. So, we'll be all yeah, right. it was like over 80. Yeah, it was over 80, 80 degrees here today, and it was very humid. So, it was like 80 degrees, almost 90 degrees here. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. It's it was, still May. Come on. I, I was supposed to work on the lawn today, and because they made me work on Saturday, which I was going to do the lawn Saturday. Yesterday mm-hmm. it was like almost ninety and hundred percent humidity, and then today was oh. almost ninety. I was like, no, I don't care yeah. if the flowers die. I'm not going out there. And <laughs> myself. No. So, anyways, back to Paulding. Um, do I think it's a ghost? Personally, I, I just don't. Um, it, it's possible. I mean, it's kind of creepy, and I, I mean, I'm looking at pictures of it right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't. I, I I think it has an explanation. I think that's what draws people is like. But then again, I mean, there's the folklore and the tales. Um, you know what I mean? I I don't really know which way I swing. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um. I mean, I, I don't, I definitely, I haven't never been there. It's probably stupid of me to have an opinion. Yeah. And then, um, I'm thinking but I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't really think that like, like we, John and I both said earlier, I don't think that when you die, your soul stays around. So the explanation of uh, the conductor or whatever position he was swinging the lantern. I mean, I don't buy that, but that, I mean, that doesn't mean a right either. Um, and there's clearly a light there. Right. I mean, multiple people have witnessed it. It's not, it, it's a phenomenon, but it's not something that, you know, only a handful of people have seen, you know, probably hundreds, if not thousands have people, of people have witnessed it. So it is some sort of phenomenon mm-hmm. that is happening that you can go see. It's just now, what is it? Uh, and again, to me, this one isn't really creepy at all. It's like more like I think extremely interesting and curious. I think it's like, fascinating. It just curiosity. I'll yeah. say that. I think it's extremely fascinating. 
uh, creepy, not creepy, but very fascinating. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's the that's the part of me that wants the answers. Yeah. So, I don't know. We're gonna have to do a trip, dude, because I think it's well yeah. worth doing a trip and actually seeing it ourselves. Yeah, and if this trip goes well, uh, maybe there's other folklore type stories in either Michigan or Wisconsin or maybe Indiana or, or Illinois where we can meet up and do another meetup if if that one goes well. Yeah. Because I, I think that, you know, um, a lot of states and cities or whatever, they have all these kind of folklores. One thing we had talked about in uh, uh, take one of this that uh, probably – won't be heard by anybody else because the audio issues was that um, a lot of different places have some of these stories. I mean, most people know of the moth man. There's a movie based on a uh, supposedly it's based on, you know, real events. I, you know, I don't know how accurate that when, when Hollywood gets involved, I tend to just <laughs> automatically assume it's the opposite or something. Right. Uh, I'm sure something happened, but I mean, there's definitely a legend of uh, a moth man, um, and so, you know, there's places throughout the country where not the country, even just all over the world, you know, Loch Ness monster is another one right. where, you know, in Loch Ness, there's, you know, the monster that has been seen there. That one, I feel like is probably more rare, um, that people have seen it. Um, but, uh, not, then of course, it's not you, genuinely you, a hoax. Too. Yeah, that's, it's possible that it could be a hoax but nonetheless it's still it's still a story a legend that people you know look at um i i do want to bring up this we've talked about like sasquatch bigfoot you know we've talked about mm -hmm. um all kinds of things aliens and everything else but the one thing i do want to point out is the fact that not even what 15 years ago or 18 years ago almost 20 years ago the idea of the Architeuthis or the giant squid in the science community was not possible. It did not exist. Okay. And amongst the... It was essentially a legendary story. Yeah, it was a legendary... Told by... Yep. A legendary story told by sailors and nothing Sailors, more. yeah. There was, yeah. there was no way that an Architeuthis <laughs> could actually be real. Or right. if it was at one point could not be real anymore okay. correct yeah um and this is like universally amongst all biologists and all the science community and then one day a tentacle shows up on it on a shore of a japanese you know a japanese beach so they have a tentacle and they're like wait it has to exist there's nothing else that could have a tentacle like this long it's so so the question is, what cut off the tentacle of something that big? Well, dun, wait, wait. Dun, dun. And then all of a sudden they're debating on, you know, where did the tentacle come from? But then all of a sudden a full size one washes up on an oil rig. Now all of a sudden oh, they wow. have a full size Arcturus. And it's as big as the legends say, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. I, I actually really haven't looked into this very much but i do know of of this you know i know of it that's about as much as i know so my um, my whole premise in saying all of this about the architeuthis is to say this is just because the majority of the world 
doesn't believe in something does not necessarily make it not true. Yeah, and and to follow that up, um, this is definitely a, a bit of a sidetrack, but uh, not really in a way. Um, so, I mean, we've all heard of, you know, the stories of mermaids and mermen. And, you know, my whole life, I've always just assumed it wasn't real. And I'm not saying they are. But um, while I was doing some research on something else, um, there are these maps out there that are like, you know, 400 years old. And not just like one map, like lots of maps. You can go and, and look up these really old maps from like the 1600s or older. And I'll, on these maps there'll be like giants and mermaids and you know those would you say an architeuthis is that what you said yeah. it's called giant squids yeah yeah and these will be on those maps hmm. and you know and i think a lot of people look at that and just be like oh they're just trying to scare people away maybe there was treasure there and they just want to scare people away so they wouldn't go near there and that may be the case but i mean maybe that wasn't the case maybe they did see a cyclops monster or giant rather or a mermaid maybe they did exist or they maybe possibly do i don't think we can just discount it because well our whole lives we were taught that mermaids weren't real right or Sasquatch. again again i'm not, I'm not claiming yeah. right and again i'm not claiming that they are real i'm just saying that uh you know be a little open-minded and and uh, to the idea that maybe we don't know as much as we think we know right and i guess that's what i was trying to say too is like i think with something like this it's best to be objective and kind of look at the broad picture or like maybe look beyond everything that you were ever taught um yeah because not dismissive yeah not to be subjective and just like take your narrow point of view but look objectively at the overall picture like could this possibly be happening um you know, and that's why I brought up the Architeuthis because, like, predominantly, universally, it was denied until all of a sudden one washed up, and then all of a sudden, it exists. There's no right. So all of a sudden, science is like turned completely on its head from what they said existed to what actually exists. Yeah, and that's not really anything new in the science community. I mean, you know, as Christians, we believe at, at least at some point there were giants. I mean, Goliath was a giant. Um, and, you know, we can debate about how tall he may have been. We'll never know. There's no point in really debating about it. But, you know, the, the Bible describes him as a giant. And, you know, it is a fact that there have been giant skulls or skulls of giants i should say um not even just skulls all kinds of bones from that of giants and a lot of times these things get covered up um and i don't know if you know this john or if you, maybe you do but a lot of times when um people may accidentally stumble upon these things and you know people get excited they send them to a museum a lot of times they kind of get buried i mean yeah. uh not 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 literally, but you know, this there's never a story generated from it. You know, the museum may take it and uh, they don't talk about it, so to speak, or it's very, very little talked about. Right. At least that's from my research, that's my understanding. I don't know if that's true, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if you acknowledge that there were giants, now you have to answer a lot of questions. Well, let me ask you this, okay, on that same kind of frame of mind. Mm -hmm. If you were living in a very ancient time where there was like barely writing, barely reading, 
okay? And you were to describe something, like, say you were to, you know, like, today we have all kinds of folklores and folktales and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But how would you, you know, thousands of years ago, how would you describe something like a monster if there wasn't at least mm-hmm. some kind of basis for it? How would that be possible? Yeah, so we have all kinds of stories. You know, like, for instance, um, Jack and the Beanstalk mm-hmm. is a, you know, that's a classic story of a giant's um a vagina yeah you know with magical beans and the beanstalk and you know the giant uh, you know so they the, the stories came from somewhere yeah they came from somewhere but if you're right. say you were to describe like in a giant squid would you have to see something like that or would you just be able to like create a phantom but have it be exact to what it is yeah, so what you're saying is what was described, you know, hundreds of years ago. Thousands of years. What are they, or yeah, what are the odds of the a description from hundreds or thousands of years ago matching up to what we've, we, I say we, whoever, you know, what was found mm-hmm. on, on a shore in Japan. Right. The odds of that are pretty slim. Now, if you take that same kind of thinking, in the book of Job and actually in a bunch of different books in the Bible, they actually describe um, like brachiosauruses. Um, they describe like uh, all kinds of different dinosaurs to the to the T, like reaching up high up into the trees and eating the the leaves and the branch, you know, out of the tops of the trees. Right, yeah, they, they were just called different things. Like, um, I forget Leviathan. which one it is, but the Leviathan is one that is described, but I forget which one that's supposed to be. Is that the, uh, which dinosaur is that one? Is that supposed to be the Brachiosaurus? I don't know. I don't remember either. I just remember the. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there, like, you know, I mean, we got into a tangent about, like, you know, verbal and oral history and passing down stories but i i think a lot of those legends they derive from somewhere and at some point someone had seen something that made them think like like the same thing with like you know uh like the architeuthis and the giant you know squids uh 20,000 leagues under the sea Uh, Mm um you know i mean a lot of things spawn these great stories moby dick uh with the giant sperm whale you know what i mean so I, I think there's uh, the Paulding Light. Where did the, the stories getting back to the Paulding Light, which is where we started on this? Where did the legends of that come from? You know what I mean? And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, was it a legend? Could it be true? Was the dinosaur just a legend or was it true were they seeing these things eat out of the tops of the trees and literally describing how they were how about the Architeuthis was it just a legend you know 20,000 leagues under the sea or was it like something they that a fisherman had come across and it got passed down and passed down and eventually a writer you know picked it up and ran with it so to speak Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say, but um, 
yeah, these are definitely things that are interesting to think about and, and consider. That's why I just try not to remain like completely subjective to it. I try to just, that's why I looked up the Paulding lights in the first place. Uh, what long time ago, years ago, is because things like this fascinate me. I like to look at them and I like to say, the, this both sides come out in me, the Scully and the Mulder. Could this just mm -hmm. be a phenomenon or could it be a reflection of some glass miles away at a perfect angle of the road? I think it's like US 40 up there. Uh, a reflection of the lights hitting it and creating. Well, oh, I think it's 40, 45. 45. So yeah, yeah, just just to give kind of a reference, uh, forty five is actually about twenty or twenty five minutes east of me. So I mean, I could literally just drive east for twenty something minutes and then head on it straight north until I get to where the light is at, and it'd be an easy drive for me, just a matter of time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so um, I guess with that being said, do you want to do some of these uh, Raider Roast ghost stories and see how legit some of these are? Yeah, we can do this. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, okay. All right. This is by this is a Reddit user, Quiet Voice Four Eight Four Six. Uh, late at night, I usually go to the bathroom multiple Wait, times. Wait, before, before you start, let me just say, you want to know how we know that this story is legit? The username, <laughs> 4846. I mean... <laughs> right. Quiet voice, 4846-78238. So you know it's real. <laughs> All right, so it says... The name of it is called Doppelganger. And it says, late at night, I usually go to the bathroom multiple times. <laughs> Stop drinking alcohol, first of all. Uh, so Doppelganger, uh, I believe that's German for, oh, dude, I remember. It's a double it something. Means, it just means like a W. And a W. Yeah, it's a double person of you. Double person. But there's, I forgot. It's like a person that looks yeah, just yeah. like you. A twin, essentially, twin. or not necessarily an actual biological twin, but someone that looks, looks like it could be your yep, twin. Yep. Yeah. Says, uh, but for the past four days, every time I go to leave, I can see. Now, some of these are wrote very badly, okay? Others are not bad. Some are wrote so bad I can't hardly read. Uh, I can see myself still standing in the mirror from the corner of my eye. Um, it is like the other me is watching me leave the bathroom. It terrifies me to the point where I almost run out without looking directly at the mirror. I never told my husband about it because I didn't want to acknowledge it out loud. Earlier today, I took a nap in our bed while he sat in the chair next to me watching TV. When I woke up, he told me that he had seen me sit up and crawl backward to the edge of the bed and stand up in front of the bedroom door from the corner of his eye. He thought it was weird that I got up like that because in the last month of my pregnancy, I can't really move so good without it hurting. So he tried talking to me. When I didn't answer, he looked at the door to find me not there and still sleeping in bed. 
I got really creeped out and I finally told him about what I had been seeing in the bathroom. He thought it was creepy as well, but didn't really want to talk about it anymore because he thinks it will give me whatever it is, power or energy. I have no idea uh, what it wants or why we both saw it. Um, that one's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. I'll give it that. I think the whole pregnant thing makes it kind of creepy. Yeah, no, I agree too. That that kind of put it up to the next level. Yeah, a little bit. So, what are we gonna rate that one? Uh, what, what's our scale system? Uh, what, what are we doing? What, one to one, uh, one to five ghosts. Yeah. Uh, five being Three? like five being like the Exorcist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't think any of these are gonna get to Exorcist level though. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll, I'll I'll do an allowance for there are if you have if you want to rate something a zero you don't have to rate it a one okay like you need to get really bad service somewhere you can you have to rate at least a one okay we I'll allow a zero a zero ghost rating this one I'll give like a three or me eh, like a I'll give it a two yeah I give it a two yeah like two or three yeah all right next one haunted hotels as Reddit user bright eye bright underscore eyes ten. Uh, when I was 15, I traveled to Europe with my family. We stayed in Edel, Germany, in a small inn for a few nights. My parents had a double bed on the second floor. My sisters had a double bed next to theirs. And I was lucky enough to have a single room all to myself at the far end of the hall. Uh, when we went to check into our rooms, as soon as I entered the hallway, our rooms were in. I remember almost feeling as though I walked into a wall of bad energy. Um, I just felt so unnerved and uneased in the hallway, but I passed it off as an overactive imagination. I slept the first night without issues other than waking up a few times. The next morning at breakfast, one of my sisters mentioned feeling really uncomfortable in the hallway almost as if the air was crushing. It unnerved me even more that I wasn't the only one who felt weirded out. Plus, she was an adult at the time. So it further cemented in my head that that wing of the hotel was odd. Um, later that night, and there's a picture of, I don't know if this is a picture of the house or the hotel or wherever they stay, but... Are you able to uh, copy that picture, paste it in the chat, and send it to me in the chat, and I'll yeah, uh, but I, I'll, I think it's I can just bring a, it up. I think it's just a picture. I don't think it's really because a lot. I'm traveling down, and a lot of these oh. are just like pictures that they threw in. So I think it's just oh. a picture that they threw on a creepy house. Okay. Gotcha. So later <laughs> that night, uh, later that night, I'm sleeping peacefully. When about 2 a.m., I'm woken by something ripping the covers off of me and being jerked about two feet towards the end of the bed by my ankle. At first, I thought someone had broken into my room because when I turned on or turned towards what grabbed me, a huge looming black shape was visible in the darkness, like a man was in my room. I frantically flipped the light on only to have there be nothing there. 
The window was locked from the inside and there was no one in the closet or the bathroom. And my room was also still locked from the inside. And I stayed up the rest of the night scared playing Cooking Mama on my DS. Um, the next morning we're at breakfast and my sister mentions that she was up half the night because she thought she saw some uh, a person silhouetted against the wall of the room. But when she turned on the light, there was no one there. It's just bizarre and creepy experience. We checked out that day, so I didn't get to experience anything after that, but it still freaks me out to this day. Um, I'm going to give this one a big fat goose egg, dude. Um, a zero? Yeah, I'm going to give this one a goose egg. A zero. <clears throat> um, no ghosties. No ghosties. I'll give it a one. I, I even, Okay, I'll give it a one. But for this reason, is like realistically if something i don't care if you're dead asleep if something grabs you by the ankle are you gonna flip on the light or you i mean i would personally holler or scream i think that's a natural reaction um maybe even fight at that point you know what i mean uh like your fight or flight response is going to kick in and you're going to shudder away or you're going to fight at it. Does that make sense? And maybe that's what, yeah. maybe that's what she's trying to say. Like she turned to it in a kind of fight response and seeing this dark shadowy. But at that point, when you try to alert other people to help, doesn't that make sense? Yeah. I mean, isn't that a normal response? Yeah, because I think he stated that the uh, sisters were in the same room as the mom and dad, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, they, and he didn't state that the mom and dad had noticed anything, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, it's possible if, if this is a real legit story, well, um, that maybe that. only the daughter and the brother experienced something and the mom and dad and the other sister didn't. Who knows? Well, not only that, but this is obviously like a kid at the time. Yeah. But one of the sisters was an adult. Why wouldn't they put the two kids together? and the adult at the end of the room or at the end of the hall by herself. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't this seem odd to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, you send the adult down to a room by herself and put the two kids together. Yeah. In a foreign country. Maybe because I mean, there were two sisters and one was a, assuming it was a boy, right? Maybe. Then... I don't know. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. Uh. All right. All right. This one, the rocking horse. And yeah, I feel like we probably spent too much time dissecting <laughs> that one. And yeah. yeah, definitely not move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one is no offense. Uh, what's your user <laughs> underscore number ten? If you're listening to this, yeah, no offense. Bright eyes ten. Bright eyes underscore ten. Um, <laughs> this is by. Uh, here's side. I I don't. I I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know. Here, uh, whatever. Uh, the rocking horse. Uh, one night when I was maybe ten or twelve, I had trouble falling asleep. My bedroom was in uh was the entire top floor of our house, with my bed and such being on the left side, and storage closets and play area on the right. I was laying in bed. When I heard a noise from the other side of the room and I saw a rocking horse begin to rock. 
Uh, it was just sitting just outside of one of the storage closet doors. It proceeded to rock its way halfway across the room and stopped dead under a ceiling light. At this point, I was freaked out and I just buried my head under the blankets and never peeked out again until morning. When I woke up, the rocking horse was still in the middle of my room. Furthermore, I got a stern reprimand from my parents for being up out of bed playing with my toys well past bedtime. Their <clears throat> bedroom was directly below the storage closet play area and had heard creaking shuffling across the room. Uh, yeah, so that, that detail there, right there with the parents reprimanding him, that one is kind of the selling point on this one yeah, for me. I think it's like a I'll give this one like a four. Yeah, three or three four. Three or four, yeah. 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 Just because that if you I think if you were making the story up, it, that'd be a detail you might forget to put in or, or you know. Right. I don't know. Right. I agree. So, and we all know that rocking horses are probably possessed anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. But. All of them. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one uh, by Fuzzy Bandits. Oh. Um, when I was a teenager, I used to babysit my cousin Alyssa. She was little, maybe almost two, maybe a little older, old enough to say sentences. I'm giving her a bath before bed when she looks out into the hallway, gets terrified, uh, gets terrified, look on her face and starts crying. At this moment, my aunt's Pomeranian starts going nuts as well, barking and growling into the hallway. The atmosphere in the room became uncomfortable and I started getting scared. Uh, I took her downstairs from the third floor in the townhouse and tried to calm her down. I asked her what was wrong, and she said something along the lines of, the man with black eyes was there. Um, when I continued to pry, she looked up at the second floor stairs, her eyes getting big, and looks at me, bringing her finger up to her mouth, and she said, shh, while shaking her head, no. I'm going to give this one like a four. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one, and I'll tell you why. As you're reading that story, and again, to a little backstory, we we tried re recording this episode last week, and we had audio issues. So this story I did hear before, but when you were reading it again, yeah, it reminded me of a story that my cousin Aaron told me, and I wish that we had talked about it with him earlier today. So I'll. I'll tell you the story he told me okay. to the best of my memory. So um, he had this rocking chair that I believe he may have inherited from a grandparent mm -hmm. that had passed away. And there was something real spooky about this, uh, about this rocking chair, not a rocking horse, a rocking chair, but still. Um, I don't remember if it ever rocked by itself or not, but there was something about this rocking chair that was just off. And um, I, I, when Aaron had gone in to, it was in his, I believe his son, his youngest son, um, their bedroom. At the time, he would have been very, very young. I think not even old enough to speak, if I remember correctly, or maybe just speaking. Um, I guess... 
Aaron said that uh, Lexton's eyes were like following somebody across the room like this. Like he could see somebody. And I can't remember what Lexton had told Aaron, but it was something about like a man with a beard or I don't remember it exactly, but something about the man with the beard is here. I don't, I don't remember something weird to that effect. So fast forward, however many years, um, my, my other cousin, Aaron's brother, Barry, they have, now they have three kids at the time. It might've only been the two. I don't remember, or maybe just the one. Um, and, Aaron had offered the chair to Barry, you know, they, I think it was so that Barry's wife could maybe nurse in the, in the chair or whatever. I don't know. But again, the, the chair is in the, the child's room, you know, my cut, my cousin's, uh, oldest son, I believe. Um, and it was something creepy happening with that. His youngest son had seen as well. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, there was definitely something weird going on with that chair. And I, I believe uh, Barry got freaked out and got rid of it. Wow. Yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, there might've been, it might've rocked, but I'm not going to put, I'm not going to bet anything on that. Um, but there was something weird going on with the rocking chair for sure. Dude. So <clears throat> you just brought to memory. So I have, I have two stories that are both similar. Um, similar to the story that I read and then similar to your story. Um, so the one that is similar to this with the black, the man with the black eyes, uh, you can hear me, right? I can hear you. Okay. Um, one time grace, when she was like, like a baby, like probably like two, she wanted to, climb into bed with us so she climbed into bed and she's sleeping in between us well one night she wakes up screaming and we're both like what in the world is she screaming about you know and you know how it is with kids you just that's that's a typical thing you wake up screaming every now and then you gotta console them put them back to sleep she was unconsolable completely and she is just just completely not able to calm her down screaming and so I reach over and I touch the lamp as one of those you know touch ones I touch it the Mm -hmm. light comes on and she is pointing into this one corner in the bedroom and as soon as she pointed into that into that corner I I kid you not I felt this like like cold dark atmosphere like in the room and I immediately told Liz take take Grace get her out of here Liz grabs her, picks her up, takes her in the back into the other room. And I stayed behind and I was praying and I literally, I prayed for like probably two or three minutes and it lifted. It was gone. Grace came back in wow. the room and she didn't point, didn't do anything at that point. I mean, it was just like, like a weird experience to have her sitting there pointing at this, this corner non-stop and she's like as if something was there as if something was there she's like pointing right at it and like looking wow. right at it like nothing is going to take her away and as she's walking away i'm i'm watching liz carry her out and she's still looking at it you know and i i mean his moment i looked that way i felt like that i don't know it was it's like just like a different atmosphere like you know that person earlier was saying that the atmosphere changed and he could just feel mm-hmm. like a heaviness. 
I, I explained it to Liz at the time that it was like a weight being thrown around my shoulders. That's what it felt mm. like to me. Um, the other story, like about your rocking horse, we, you know how paintings always follow, like the eyes on paintings, if you watch them, they always kind of follow you. Yeah. The watching, the all watching eyes or the all moving eyes. We had this painting that someone gifted us of this guy and no one knew who it was uh, as kids. And I swore, I mean, every time, it, it's just so weird, but nobody knew who it was, but some reason it ended up in my bedroom. And I don't even know why it was in there. But there was this painting of this guy on my wall that my parents put there, and I don't know why they had it in our room, me and my brothers. But every time I got out of the takeout, like got out of the shower and went to go get dressed in my room, the eyes were watching me. And and at first I'm like, okay, as a kid, I'm thinking like, it's just the painting. The eyes are always watching you. But this one time in particular, I'm telling like, I get out of the shower, I go in, I'm getting dressed and I look and the entire head moved. Oh, man. And I, I tell my dad, <laughs> I tell my mom, and I was like, I am telling you, I do not want this painting anywhere near me. Get it out of my room. So they take it out, and evidently <clears throat> it did something to my mom, because my mom, as soon as she, like, pulled it out of my room and put it in the living room, something about it spooked my mom to the point where she had my dad and my brother go in the back. I think it was my, it might have just been my brother. But she had him going back and light a fire with gasoline and throw it on the fire. Okay. And Did it burn? It would not burn for several yeah, minutes. I knew it. For several I minutes. I knew it, dude. dude. For several dude. minutes. It just, like, the fire was all around it, but it would not light on fire. Oh, dude, <laughs> I knew it. That's crazy. It just stayed. I'm, like, the I'm fire was everywhere. Yeah, it was, like, everywhere, but on the, but on the painting. Yeah, and a painting is made of something that would burn Instantly, very easily. With gasoline? I mean, come on. Yeah. You know? So, so here's something that I, I don't know if you know this. I can't remember how I found this out. But um, if you go down the cereal aisle in a grocery store and you look at the cereals that have cartoon characters on them, mm-hmm. all the eyes are looking down. And they put them up on higher shelves so that kids will think that the characters are looking at them. That's Isn't that effed up? Yeah. That's, that's like crazy marketing. That is really messed up. It, and it's all intentional. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Wow. Like, they, they sold cereal to, like, kids because I think the cartoon character is looking at them. That's messed up. Like, hey, kid, buy my cereal. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's read this last one. Sounds good. And then... I can't remember there was uh there was one that was like really crappy uh, i'm trying to remember the really crappy one too we picked it apart last time it was the one that they were driving and okay it was a truck and yeah you want me to read that one this one doesn't Not really but <laughs> 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 well there's another one we didn't read after it okay go ahead Either one. Uh, this one we haven't read before, so we'll see. Uh, this is called Watery Grave Does Not Have a Name. No username, so it's fake. 
Uh, <laughs> it says, I didn't grow up believing in ghosts. Uh, then one morning, when I when we were 16, when my friend's mom picked us up for carpool, I mentioned that I was really creeped out by this bathroom under the stairs in my house that no one ever used. Did I read this one last time? I might have. I don't, I don't think so. I couldn't exactly define why I felt this way. I just found it eerie. The house I grew up in was an old Victorian home built in the 1800s, so eerie vibes were part of the package. Hearing this reminded me, or reminded my friend of her own creepy bathroom association. She told me that when she lived in Germany, in the German countryside for a year, there was a little section of the home that no one but her middle sister used, who was about nine years old at the time. During this time, uh, during this time, her sister would wake up with bloodshot eyes, sometimes even bruises, and feel totally exhausted. Uh, I gotta scroll down. They did everything to investigate what was going on, including sleeping in her room, working with child psychologists, and a school counselor. My friend doesn't remember much of this time period, other than her sister being disturbed by something the year they lived there. She mentioned that she and her older or other sister, the oldest, also hated using that bathroom because they would often they would always feel off and find thick black hairs stuck in the drain, even though each of them had fine blonde hair. At this point in the story, my friend's mom abruptly stopped the car and jerked her head around and said, that's where the woman who once lived there killed herself. She drowned herself in that bathtub. Her mom was clearly shaken she said part of the reason they moved was because she felt a little off in that house. Um, give it like a one or a two. Yeah, I'd probably give it a two. That's definitely odd. Yeah. Finding the black hairs in the sink would be weird. Yeah, that would be extremely weird. Especially if you had blonde hair. You know? Yeah. Um, all in all, I think this was a good episode. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, especially uh, all the interviews, um, it's going to be really lengthy. So I hope everyone's up for listening to a long podcast. Um, but I think it's a very good one. And I think it's talked about <clears throat> a, a bunch of different, like, crazy elements. I think if, um, you know, when you guys are listening to this out there, if you have spooky stories... Um, you know, if you want to share them with us, uh, we'd be happy to read through them. Um, just go ahead. Matt, how can they send them to us that we can go ahead and read them? So I'll put the link in the descriptions, uh, for the Facebook page for the Campfire Conversationalist podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can like there and leave a story, share a story. Um, write some hate mail, whatever you want. Um, also, the, U the YouTube channel we have is Campfire Conversationalists. You can find us there. So if you want to watch the video of My Ugly Mug and John's Beautiful Mug, um, <laughs> and 
and for this episode i do recommend maybe um watching this episode and instead of just listening to it just because for laura's story i did add the video that she took on her cell phone of the paulding light yeah um or i will i will add it i haven't yet i have the the video and i will add it edit it in um so if you do want to see that video of the paulding light you can you know watch the video on YouTube, or if you just want to listen and pretend like you're watching, you can just listen right. on any podcast platform. We're on pretty much all the big ones, um, so I'll, I'll leave all the descriptions I can in the all the links rather in the description for this episode. So even if you're listening via podcast, if you go to the descriptions of this episode, you'll be able to click on the link for the YouTube channel, the Facebook page, uh, what have you. Cool. Um, but other than that, yeah, I agree. This is a good episode. It was fun. It was a little different. Yeah. Um, but again, you know how you can't have a campfire or a conversation without ghost stories. True. I think that's kind of the whole one of the whole. Well, not the whole point. That's part of the point of of campfires, is you know there to be ghost stories. And I can't believe we never thought about doing this before now, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, if this is a uh, people seem to like this episode, maybe we'll do more, uh, more ghost stories. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, buddy. Well, uh, I guess we can wrap it up here. All right, we are out. So, after I got done editing most of this podcast episode i talked to my sister and she remembers seeing the little girl she was there for my grandma and grandpa's anniversary she was there with my cousin and i um both my cousins uh so it would have been aaron and his brother barry um, i can't remember if our other two we have two i have two boy cousins and two girl cousins on that side of the family i don't remember if Lindsay and megan were with us or not i'll have to see if they were there but my sister was there um uh, and she remembers. So I went ahead and I, we did a quick interview and she remembers pretty much the same thing. She doesn't remember as many details as Aaron and I did, um, but she remembered all the, the, I guess the, you know, kind of the important things that made sense, uh, to remember. Uh, so here's that interview right now. The only thing I could think of that I actually was there for and remember was the one where we went to Starved Rock for Grandma and Grandpa's 50th anniversary. Yeah, that was the story I was referencing. Okay, yeah. And I actually interviewed Aaron for that. I don't know why I didn't think to interview you too. Yeah, he probably has a better memory than I do anyway. Probably, but it's weird. Like, except for a few, a few details, like we remembered exactly the same. Like it was, it's actually kind of strange. So why don't you tell me what you remember? Cause now I'm really curious to see. <laughs> we probably all remember the exact same thing then. <laughs> That's really weird though. Cause usually things are off just a little bit, you know? Perhaps. Oh, so we were hiking down a trail mm-hmm. and we had um, a little girl pass us. And, and sometime after she had passed, we thought, where was like the adult that was supposed to accompany the child Mm -hmm. we kind of all asked each other like where was that kid's parent 
and then we kind of didn't really think about it. Got down to the end of the trail, and I, I, it's kind of fuzzy from there. We were taking a lot of pictures, and we it seems like we saw her again, mm -hmm. but uh, we didn't get her on any pictures in, in any of the pictures that we were taking from any of our different cameras. Yeah, that's pretty 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 close. I mean, that's not really off. Um, the the thing that I remember <clears throat> is that when we first saw the little girl, we were hiking, and I remember I was kind of in front, and I kind of knew which way we were going to go. There was kind of like a fork on the road. I mean, maybe fork's not the right way, but you could either go left or go right, and I already knew we were going to go left. But I asked the little girl, which way do we go? Not like, which way should we go? I remember specifically, I asked her, which way do we go? And she just pointed the direction that we were going to go. She didn't, never said anything. And then um, later when we saw her down in the kind of ravine thing, um, she was there. She never said anything ever. And then her mom was there too at, at some point. See, I don't remember the mom. I just remember the little girl. Yeah, there was at some point the mom had, had showed up or whatever. And neither one of them ever said anything. Was kind of creepy. <laughs> and thanks for listening to the Campfire Conversationalist podcast. John and I really appreciate you listening and hope you enjoyed this episode. Come check us out on our Facebook page at the Campfire Conversationalist podcast. Like us and find out all the latest news there. Bye.